Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name's Kathy and I'm gonna be your online host for today. If it's your first time here, you're VIP, so please let us know by texting you at 604-285-5770 or visit MyThrive.info and we'll mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. Parents, don't forget to go to MyThrive.info slash ThriveKids to access the Thrive Kids curriculum. There you can find the worship video, the lesson video, a reader sheet that you can download, print, and do with your kids, and there's gonna be Zoom classes every Sunday from between 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. Next Sunday is Valentine's Day and I was having a really hard time thinking how I can make Valentine's Day truly special this year. And my friends reminded me to keep in mind about my loved ones' love languages. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and gifts. So I would like to know what your love language is. Is it quality time, words of affirmation, is it acts of service, is it giving gifts, or is it physical touch? Take a selfie of yourself tuning in today and post it on your social media using hashtag Thrive Church Online. Are you ready for today's message? I'm now going to pass the time over to Pastor JB and I'll see you all later. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP. We are especially thrilled to have you here. And just to say thanks so much for spending your Sunday with us, we've got a special gift that we want to give to you to send straight to your door. If you want to go to mythrive.info, we would love to give to you your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle and send it straight to your door. Just a way to say thanks so much for joining us today. Can we give all of our VIPs a big hand in this place today? Let's welcome them today. In fact, welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you just in your chat rooms right now, with your neighbors beside you, would you welcome one of the church today? Maybe you're sitting beside someone, you give them an air high five, an air handshake, an air hug, or maybe a real high five, a real handshake, a real hug. Or in your chat room right now, we just tell people it's so good to see you here. Welcome to church today. Let's welcome another to church today. You guys are a beautiful church inside and out. It is so great to have you here. And just a couple things I wanna let you know about before we get into the message today. The first is this, is that today, later on, we are starting something we're so excited about. It's called Thrive Discipleship School. And TDS is all about growing in your relationship with God. If you wanna grow in your relationship with God in 2021, this brand new year, then we wanna encourage you to sign up for Thrive Discipleship School. It's a course we've created here for people here at Thrive to want to grow in the relationship with God and it starts today. You can go to mythrive.info to register. In fact, after uh, you know, after the services today at 12.45, we have a Q&A session for those who are still thinking about it. If you haven't committed yet, you haven't registered yet, but you're interested, you can go to this Q&A session. It's also a chance to meet other students at TDS and it'll be an opportunity for you to learn more about what it's all about. But in case you're wondering you know, what the experience has been like for others who've taken Thrive Discipleship School. Here are a few people who gave us their feedback from this past session that we did in October. One person said, TDS conveniently gives you the knowledge you need to start or enhance your journey as a disciple of Jesus. Uh, another person said, one of my favorite parts of TDS was the prayer time where I felt God's presence and learned practical ways to spend time with God. And then finally, someone else, they said, TDS is a great and necessary course for Christians. My relationship with God is getting closer and closer through these weeks. I'm more focused on Jesus when I meet any situation instead of complaining or doubting right away. I have started to read the Bible regularly instead of being swung by my mood. I'm learning to pray regularly, getting more confident and feeling God's presence whenever I pray. Can we give God a big hand for all of that? Praise God. 
We've seen God use TDS in some powerful ways in the lives of many people here, and you could be next. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, we highly encourage you to sign up for TDS. It is all online, and so you can take these these, these lessons uh, in the convenience of your home, wherever you are, in your car, and you're also going to have an opportunity to meet others along the way. Uh, sign up for TDS. It's happening today. Turn your name and say, I'm looking forward to TDS. Looking forward to TDS. Looking forward to seeing you there. Next one is next week, February 14th. It's Valentine's Day. It's Family Day weekend. And what we got going on is a very special relationship Q&A. And we've been getting a whole bunch of different questions on everything from friendship to dating to marriage to parenting to life after marriage. All these different questions that we've been receiving. And you can send in your questions as well. If you want to send in your questions, you can do so on a no-names basis. Go to mythought.info, touch the button that says relationship Q&A and we would love to get in your questions and we'll try to get to as many of them as we can next week at our relationship Q&A. That's next week, February 14th. But let's talk about today. Today, on not only are you going to be hearing a powerful message, uh, in addition to that, at the end of our service, we're going to do something called communion. And communion is a time where we remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, how he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And in your, if you are here and you want to take communion today, I want to encourage you to go to your kitchen. Even right now, you want to grab, uh, you know, we've got grape juice here that we use uh, at, uh, at Thrive, uh, but if you don't have grape juice, that's fine. Something to represent the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. As well, we got some piece, uh, a piece of unleavened bread. Uh, maybe you just have regular bread at home. That's okay as well. And this is just a way for us to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. We're going to be doing that later on today at the end of our service. But let's talk about what's happening right now. Do you guys bring your Bibles right now? Good. Could you, guys, could you guys grab your Bibles if you could? All right. And this is just our way of getting our hearts ready for the message right now. Just a fun way to do so. Would you hold up your Bible in the air like so? Maybe you didn't bring a Bible. You can point to the Bible somewhere near you. You can even point to my Bible if you want. This is just a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message. Let's say this together in a big, loud voice. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's going to come in and change my life. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, by the way, if you're just joining us today or you're new to church, you're new to the Bible, you're new to Jesus, we are so thrilled that you are here. We hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place that you can call home, a place where you can be yourself, a place you can find encouragement and hope to help you as you begin a brand new week, maybe a, way, a place where you can even find answers to questions you might be asking uh, on this journey. And so, so glad to have each and every one of you here. Welcome to Thrive Church Online. Today, we are doing a series called heart at rest. We started the series just a couple weeks ago, and if you missed any of the episodes of the series so far, you got to check out our Thrive Church podcast and check out episodes one and two of our, of our series called Heart at Rest, because in this series called Heart at Rest, we're talking about how do you have a rested heart in the midst of a restless world? When there's so much unrest going on in this world, how do you keep a rested heart? How do you keep at peace in the midst of all these things that are going on? And so we have had an amazing time going through the series called Heart at Rest. And today is episode three of the series. And there's someone very, very special who's here to bring the message to you today. You're going to be so blessed by the message that she's here to give. Let me just introduce you this way. It's kind of funny that we're doing a series called Heart at Rest because uh, in the Lim home right now, uh, we don't get a lot of sleep these days. <laughs> uh, you know, Caleb, our younger one, he is uh, learning to uh, sleep on his own. And so, you know, we don't get a whole lot of sleep. And so you're going to find it is absolutely amazing that someone can look so good on so little sleep. Uh, and she's also here to bring a powerful message to us today. Would you please welcome the one, the only, the brilliant, the beautiful Pastor Charlene as she brings the message to us today for episode three of Heart at Rest. Hello, Thrive Church. What a joy it is for me to share today's message with you. You know, over the last two weeks, as Pastor JB was sharing, that we've been going through a series here at Thrive Church called Heart at Rest. And in the first week, Pastor JB shared with us a message on giving our burden to God. And last week, Pastor JB shared from Psalm 91, where he talked about the protection that we have when we put our trust in God. And today, I'm here to share with you message number three as part of the Heart at Rest series, and it's called called rest from your stress. 
you know, I actually didn't really understand what stress was until I was about 15. And I remember I was in my last year of high school and I was part of an international baccalaureate program, the IB program, that is known for having a lot of work. And I didn't really know what that ton of work, that load of work really looks like until I went through it myself. And I remember, you know, we would, we would stay up a lot for just finishing assignments on time, but it was that final, final assignment. It was a final research paper that really taught me what stress is all about. It was a final research paper that I had to write in French, and I remember it was the first time in my life that I had pulled four all-nighters straight in a row just to get that paper on time. And it was one of those things where, you know, I'd be typing, 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 and then I would sort of nodding off. And so when I nod off, I would kind of lie on the floor and I would nap for a minute or like that for maybe half an hour and then I would have to get back up and keep writing this paper and thankfully on that last due date I remember I had my paper you know I had at the time was a floppy disk I had a floppy disk in my hand and I went to Kinko's back then it was you know Kinko's not Kinko's FedEx I went to print my paper and I bound it and I handed in this final research paper so I could graduate and thank God I did it on time but man that was really stressful for a 15 year old and I would be lying to you if I said that that was actually the last time I ever experienced stress the fact is there were so many other incidents in my life after that where I felt a a little bit stressed out. But see, nothing was quite like the stress that I felt when I became a mother. And I think it's this combination of sleepless nights. It's this combination of just many firsts, you know, like first time taking a child to school, first time, um, you know, putting a child to sleep, first time, there's just so many firsts. And the fact that kids don't come with a manual. I mean, wouldn't it be so much easier if babies came with a manual? But the fact is, with all of those things combined, I find that parenting and I find that being a mother can sometimes actually cause some stress in life. And, uh, and so maybe today I'm preaching this message to me as much as I am preaching it to you. But the fact is, whether you're a student, you're an employee, or you're a boss, you know, you're a spouse, the fact is we all go through stresses in life. You see, according to a survey done by American Psychological Association in 2019 before the pandemic, the top four sources of stress were, number one, money. Do we have enough money to make ends meet at the end of the month? Will I make enough money to pay all my bills? Am I ever going to be able to afford a house, especially in Vancouver with the growing real estate prices? And so money, it turns out to be the number one source of stress for a lot of people. Number two on the list, number two on the list was work. A lot of people are thinking about, you know, how, like, am I going to have a job tomorrow, especially with a pandemic? You know, am I going to get that promotion? Am I, like, am I, am I going to meet my sales target? And a lot of people go through a lot of stress through work. The third source of stress is actually family responsibilities. And I can relate to that. You know, you've got the dishes that are not washed, the laundry that is not folded. You've got birds maybe who are, you know, not fed. And you've got maybe children who are screaming. That could definitely add to stress. And number four, four on the list, it was health. It was people worrying about maybe headaches or, you know, like diseases that maybe they're not able to cure. And so these four things were apparently the top four sources of stress. But the thing is, it's not surprising that the pandemic has actually heightened and exacerbated the level of stress that people are feeling right now. In fact, in a recent survey, it showed that COVID has actually been a significant source of stress for many people. In fact, nearly half of the surveyed adults, about 49%, report their behavior has been negatively affected by the pandemic, with 21% of them saying that they feel more tension in their bodies. 20% of the people say they snap or get angry more easily. About 20% saying that they have unexpected mood swings. And 17% of them saying that they are screaming or yelling more at loved ones. I hope you're not the one screaming or the one being yelled at. But the fact is that stress is something that we all go through in life. And it will never completely go away because stress is actually something that is more about a battle in our mind than it is about our external circumstances. And that is why it is so important for us to manage our stress well because it totally affects us. And in fact, hundreds and hundreds of studies have been done on the, on the effect of stress, especially how you know, chronic stress is damaging to your brain. It is deadly to our body and actually has a potential to kill us. 
And it's not just your physical body. It's your emotional health. It's your, it's, it's your mental health. And it's also your spiritual well-being and the well-being of the people around you. And that's why it is so important. That's why we're here today. We're here to take, to learn about how to manage our stress well. And that's what we're going to be talking about, how to rest from our stress. And we're going to do that by looking at a passage in the Bible. And it's from Philippians chapter four, six to nine. If you got your Bible with you, then I invite you to flip to it, or you can look at it on the screen. On the screen. And I believe it's going to teach us how to manage our stress. Let's read it together. Philippians chapter four, verse six to nine. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You see, Philippians 4, it's such a powerful passage because I believe it contains the recipe for reducing our stress. You know, I believe that there are four lessons which we can learn from these four verses, which will significantly reduce the amount of stress that you go through in life. And the most amazing thing, the most amazing thing about this passage is that it actually includes a stress management guarantee. Seriously. I mean, the fact is, no, there's no doctor, there's no medicine, there's no psychologist who can ever give us a guarantee because they just don't don't have the assurance that something that they give will work to reduce stress. But guess what? God can. And God is the only one who can actually give us a guarantee. And if you're wondering, what is this guarantee that Pastor Shar is talking about? I want you to look at verse 7. You see, Philippians 4, 7, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to actually look at another version of the Bible. It's the Living Bible. And sometimes what I like to do is I, look, I like to look at different versions of the Bible when we're looking at the same passage, because sometimes it would actually provide more insight. And in this case, I find that the Living Bible is, explains this guarantee even more plainly, even more clearly. You see, in the Living Bible, it says, if you do this, you will experience God God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. See, what is this guarantee? The guarantee is that if you do these things, and we'll get to these things, if you do these things, you will have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You will have a peace that will quiet your thoughts and it will keep your heart at rest. And how do you know when you have this peace? You see, it's when you're in a situation and there's no logical reason why there's a peace inside of you, that is a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, it's, it's when you're in a situation and there's complete chaos and it's just total meltdown, total stress, and everything is going wrong in every possible direction. And yet there is a peace inside your heart. That is a peace that surpasses all understanding. But the thing is, here's the thing. Every promise in the Bible comes with a premise. See, there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible, but every single one of them comes with a premise. And what do I mean by that? Is that there is a condition attached to it. Look again with me at um, the Living Bible Translation. See, the very first phrase, it says, if you do this. If you do this, then you will experience the then you will experience the peace of God. You see, the Bible says, if you do this, the condition is that if you do these things, then you will stop stressing. Then you will have a heart at rest. Then you will have thoughts that are quiet, and th and then you will have less peace. Right? Wouldn't you love that? I know I would. I would love to do that. And so. What exactly are these things? If you do these things, what are these things? And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at today. Because there are, I believe, four, exactly four things from just this passage talking about what we need to do in order to have rest from our stress. And to remember these four things, I've used the acrostic REST, R-E-S-T, to help you remember. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Number one. R stands for refuse to worry about anything. Refuse to worry about anything. 
See, the first thing that you need to do if you want to have less stress in your life is you need to refuse to worry. And because the main source of stress is actually not money, it's not work, it's not your family, it's not relationships. The main source of stress is actually worry. And you might be lacking money, you might be overworked, there might be a lot of things going on in your life in terms of your relationships or your family or your marriage, but at the root, the core of all of these stresses is actually worry. And it's causing you stress because you are worried. And you're worried because you're not sure what tomorrow is going to look like. You're worried because you're not sure, because there's a threat of what tomorrow might look like. And it's that uncertainty that of the future that is causing you stress. But look at what God says about our worries. Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. See, the Living Bible says, don't worry. It's even more clear. Don't worry about anything. Now you're asking, is there an exception? Is there any exemption? Is there anything that I could possibly worry about? And the answer is no, because God clearly says, do not worry about anything. And that applies to all things in your life, your family, your work, your, you know, your, your money. It doesn't matter your career, your future. It, it includes all things. And the Bible says, do not worry about anything. And here, the thing is, worrying is actually not the same thing as careful planning right? The thing is, it's perfectly okay to make plans. And um, it's perfectly okay to make even very, very detailed plans. In fact, the Bible encourages us to make plans. Proverbs 21, 5 says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. And so there's no question that the Bible actually encourages careful, careful planning. But what it's saying is worrying, worrying excessively, having this weight in your heart and saying, oh, what am I going to do, right? Careful planning is totally okay. But worrying, the Bible says, is not okay. In fact, Jesus thought that worrying was such a big issue that he devoted a huge chunk of one of his most famous sermons called the Sermon of the Mount, talking about worry. And the, there are three things that we can take away from that Sermon on the Mount. He says worry, number one, is absolutely unhelpful. Worry is unhelpful. See, in Matthew 6, 25, to 20, or 25 and 27, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What is Jesus saying here? See, Jesus is saying, Look, you need to stop worrying about your life. You need to stop worrying about what you eat. You need to stop worrying about what you wear. You need to stop worrying about what you, what, what, like, you, know, what you look like because it's just absolutely unnecessary and unhelpful because it actually doesn't change anything when you worry. In fact, the more you worry, this is what happens, is that the problem becomes more exaggerated in your mind. It just becomes bigger and bigger. Have you ever felt that way? I know I have. It's like the more I think about a problem, the bigger it gets, and then it just becomes like irrational sometimes what I'm actually thinking. And so that's the thing. It grows out of proportion in your mind, and that's why Jesus says, stop worrying, because it is absolutely unnecessary, it is unhelpful, and it doesn't change anything. You see, if you worry about something that you can't change, it's futile. If you worry about something that you can change, it's actually quite foolish because if you can change it, you should have gone and changed it already, right? And so that's why Jesus says, don't worry. That's the first reason. The second reason is that worry is unnatural. What do I mean by that? Look at Matthew 6, 26, 28, and 29. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And why do you worry about clothes? See, the how, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. You know, the very funny thing I find is that of all the things that God has created in this universe, we're actually the only ones, the human beings are the only ones who worry and sometimes don't trust him. Birds do, as the Bible says, flowers do, every animal does. Why is that human beings do not like, you know, we do not trust God. And that's what I, what I mean by unnatural. It's that actually as humans, God didn't create us with worries. It was never a part of God's original design for humans to worry. It was never part of God's intention for us to worry. God never put us on this earth with worry. So how did we learn to worry? 
the, here's the thing. We learned it. We learned to worry by our surroundings, with the people around us, right? As a baby, I know for sure that babies do not worry when they're first born. They will cry when they need something, but they're not worried. But over time, they will learn to start worrying. But the good news, the good news is that if we learn to worry, then it means that we can also unlearn it. Tell the person next to you, we can unlearn to worry. And praise God, we can unlearn to worry. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. How do we unlearn to worry? But I'm going to share with you number three. The number three reason why it is absolutely unnecessary, it is absolutely unnatural, it is not a good thing to worry, is because worry is also unhealthy. See, Proverbs 12:25. it says, anxiety weighs down the heart. The fact is that worry and stress is the source of so many diseases, hyperventilation, fatigue, depression, digestive disorders, high blood pressure, eating disorders, and the list just goes on and on and on and on. And it's because the Bible tells us that worry actually weighs the heart down. It sinks our heart and it affects our body. And did you know that the word worry actually comes from the word strangle and to choke? And see, that's the thing, is that when you are worrying, you're actually strangling and you're actually choking the life out of your own life. And that's, that, that's totally the opposite of what God wants you to do. But look at the opposite. You see, Proverbs 14, 30, it says, a heart at peace gives life to the body. And so if you want to be healthier, then you need to stop worrying. And that's the first step to living a, 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 a stress, like a... <laughs> low stress, no stress life, is to refuse to worry. Why? Because it's unnecessary, it's unhelpful, it is unnatural, it is unhealthy. And so instead of worrying, what do we do? Let's look at step number two. Step number two is, stands for E. E is for elevate to prayer. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, if you've got your Bible in front of you, then I want you to go back and I want you to circle the word prayer. Because when you refuse to worry, the next thing that you need to do right away is you need to start praying. Talking to people, other people, or talking to yourself is only going to make matters worse. Because as we said, it exaggerates the problem in your mind, it makes things worse, and it just causes more stress. So the only person that you can talk to who can possibly reduce your stress is God. You know, let me give you an example. I remember when my older son uh, was three and he had just started preschool. It was in September and there was one day I dropped him off at preschool and there was a group of parents just outside chit-chatting. And so I decided to just kind of um, lean in a little bit to hear what they were talking about. And apparently they were all talking about applications for elementary school. And I'm thinking, man, I, I just got my son into preschool. Like, I, you know, these people are still are thinking about elementary school. And so I decided to listen in a little bit and they were talking about how, um, you know, nowadays it's really, really difficult to get into some of the private schools in Vancouver and how they're really competitive and how, you know, um, students have to be um, so unique and how they have to be extremely outstanding and how they have to do all these different things in order to get into a private school. And don't get me wrong, like the, the thing is at the time, Honestly, Pastor JB and I had not even thought about where we want to send our kids. The fact is I went to public school and Pastor JB went to private school. We're both, we're actually very open to both. But after hearing these parents talk, I was like, huh, maybe I should actually start looking into it because um, it sounds like I need to get, you know, I, I need to do some planning. And so I went home and I started doing some research and I was looking at different schools. I was looking at public schools, I was looking at private schools and they all seemed pretty good. But there was one particular school that I think really did stand out for us. And, uh, and I thought, you know, if one day I think uh, we have to pick a school, then we would definitely consider possibly sending Bradley to this particular school. And so I'm trying to get a little bit more information. I attend the open houses and, uh, you know, I talk to other parents and it just seems like the more I was talking to the parents, the more stressed I became because they were giving me information like, oh, you don't understand right now to get into private school in Vancouver. Like, it, it's, just, it's just so difficult. Like I thought so-and-so would get in, but they didn't get in. And I thought so-and-so like wouldn't get in, but they got in. And there was just a lot of talk. There was just a lot of talk from, you know, the parents around me. And it's, it's all good. I'm sure everybody had good intentions. 
But the fact is, I was feeling really stressed out. And I remember there was one particular conversation that just put it over the top for me. Because uh, this parent was saying, you know, if you want your son to get into the school, then you really, really need to make his application stand out. And I was like, well, in my heart, I'm like, I do think my son is very outstanding. In fact, make that too. I've got two kids. I think they're both very outstanding. In fact, if you have kids, you should think that about your kids too. And I was in my heart, I was like, I think my kids are very outstanding. And she's like, you know, like very outstanding in the sense that they can't just play an instrument. They can't just do a sport. You got to do something really exotic. And I was like, oh yeah? Like what? And she was like, folk dance. <laughs> and on that day, I was like, thank you. You know, I, I really appreciate that. And I went home, but honestly, I was stressed out. I was like, what do you mean? Like, in order to get into a private school, I have to, like, send my son to folk dance? I mean, there's nothing wrong with folk dance. I love folk music. I love folk dance. But I just never imagined Bradley, like, folk dancing, right? And, um, and I didn't know if he would enjoy it. <laughs> what a picture. And so I went home that day. And, um, and the next morning, after I dropped off Bradley, I think there was just so much stress in my heart about this issue that I decided to actually drive to the school that, you know, we were considering. And I just parked in, uh, across from the playground and, and I just sat there and I just prayed. And I said, Lord, um, of all the research that we've done, I really like the school, but based on what I'm hearing from the parents around me, it sounds like I need to put Bradley through something like folk dance in order to get him in. This is really stressing me out. And that even if I put him through folk dance, there's no guarantee that he's going to get in. What am I going to do? And there was just so much stress, such a burden in my heart that I actually started tearing. And, um, and I just sat there and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to pan out the future of my son. I really just don't know what to do. And at that moment I was praying and I just sensed, um, you know, I sensed the Holy Spirit in the car that day. And I just sensed this peace in my heart that came in. And I heard this really still voice in my heart from the Holy Spirit saying, don't worry, he'll be fine and he will get in. And I was like, oh, like, you know that, like that feeling when the burden just completely falls? Like, that's how I felt. And I just kept crying and I was like, thank you, God. Like, thank you so much. And, um, and you know, praise God, because I think after that time of prayer, um, it saved JB and myself a lot of stress over the next two and a half years. In fact, we decided that we're not going to apply to any other private schools except this one. And people were like, are you crazy? You're putting all your eggs in one basket. I'm like, you know, what's fine. If he doesn't get in, it just means that God has a better plan. And um, over the next two and a half years, we didn't apply anywhere else for junior kindergarten. We didn't apply anywhere else for senior kindergarten. And we just waited out until grade one. And praise God, you know, we didn't do folk dance. And, um, and you know, I stopped talking to some of the parents. I decided that if I I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to trust God. Then there are only going to be a few people that I talk to. I'm going to talk to God. I'll talk to JB. I might talk to a few trusted friends with kids who are already in the school. And, um, you know, I could talk to the school administration, but it's actually unnecessary for me to be talking to a lot of other people and hearing about things that actually causes more stress in me. You know, why am I sharing this with you today? It's because we all need to learn to talk to God about our problems. In fact, for some of us, the reason why we're stressed is because we're talking too much with other people. And, the, and, and another reason why we might be stressed is because we're actually not talking to God. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. See, the reason why you're lacking the solution and you're lacking the peace that you need in your heart for the problem right now is because you didn't ask God for it. And so can I encourage you to do something? Stop worrying and start elevating your problem in prayer to God. Present your request to God. And I know some of you here are listening today and you're like, man, like, you know, I've got so many issues in my life. I don't want to bog like God down with all of my issues. And some of these issues are so tiny. God's going to think they're so insignificant. Well, can I share some, something else with you? Romans 8.32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? See, what is the logic here? The Bible is saying that the biggest problem, the biggest problem that you and I could possibly have is whether we can get into heaven one day. 
And God knew that of all the problems that you could ever go through in life, this one, there's no way that you could ever solve on your own. And it's because God is perfect and we are not. And no matter how hard we try, we will never be good enough to go to heaven. And so that's when God came up with a plan. God came up with a solution. And he said, if you can't get into heaven on your own, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach down for you. I'm going to reach down for you and make a way for you. He did this by sending his son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth. Jesus lived the perfect life with no sin, and yet he died on the cross to pay for all of our sins so that we can be forgiven. And by dying on the cross, Jesus became the bridge between us and God so that we could be in heaven with God one day. And so if God solved our life's biggest problem, if God solved that big problem by giving his son Jesus, will he not also graciously give us everything else that we need, just as Romans says? See, if God loved you enough to send his son Jesus Christ to die for you, don't you think that he loves you enough to take care of your marriage problems, of your financial problems, of your career problems, of your kids' problems, of every single problem that you could possibly go through? The fact is, God is more interested in you than you could possibly think. He knows the number of hair that is on your head. And for those of you who don't have a lot of hair, you might think, oh, that's really easy. But the fact is, he knows everything. He knows everything about you, and he cares. And so maybe you're in the process of making a decision that is really stressing you out. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's, it's with regards to um, your job. Maybe it's with regards to different um, problems that you might be having. Here's my question for you. How much have you been talking to God about it? Have you been talking to the right people? And if there's anyone who knows you, who loves you, who cares about you, and who wants to help you, it's God. And so stop worrying about it and go to God. Elevate it in prayer because he promises that when you pray to him and when you ask him, he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus. And so if you're not sure how, you know what? I encourage you to sign up for Thrive Discipleship School. That's happening today. And so that's number two, elevate to prayer. So we've talked about refuse to worry. We've talked about elevate to prayer. The third tip from Philippians is S. It stands for speak thanks. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I want you to go back now and I want you to underline with thanksgiving. You know, the fact is we've talked so much about attitude of gratitude this past year and how it is so important for us to have an attitude of gratitude if we want to be happy. Well, the same thing applies here. It's that if you want to have a less stressed life, then you need to have an attitude of gratitude. It's that no matter how bad things may be, you need to have an attitude of gratitude. Let me share an example with you. Pastor JB earlier mentioned that we're not getting very much sleep in the Lim family household lately. And it's because Caleb has been waking up a lot at night. In fact, over the last two and a half months, it's something where he would wake up about three to four times a night. He went from being a really perfect angel sleeper to all of a sudden waking up a lot at night. And, um, you know, it's a, a bunch of different reasons, but what triggered it, I think, was actually just a standard vaccine that he had. And some kids don't react, some kids react. And in Caleb's case, he reacted quite strongly to this one, to the point where um, he's not able to sleep well. And so every single night he would scream, Mama! And, um, and you know, he would yell for Mama until Mama shows up, pats his back, and puts him back down. And this would happen about three, four times a night. And so this lack of sleep is really catching up to me because for some reason he only calls Mama. Like, I, I wish he would call Dada or like, which is Bradley, what he calls Bradley, or like somebody else, but no, it's always mama. In fact, if daddy shows up, he'll be like, where's mama? <laughs> right? And so for me, it's been, it's, it's been very tough. It's been very tough not being able to get a good night's sleep in a couple nights or actually two and a half months. And, uh, and, you know, at the same time, we've been trying to get Caleb ready to go to preschool. And so he started preschool in January. And one of the prerequisites is that he has to be potty trained. And so if you're a parent who's ever had a baby, you know that the lack of sleep plus potty training together sometimes can be a recipe for disaster. And so here we are, you know, we've got Caleb who is not sleeping well. We're also trying to potty train. And, um, and so I remember there was one night he was like, mama, mama. And, um, and, you know, I, I decided I would stand outside his door instead of going in. And so I stood outside his door and I said, Caleb, mama's here. Mommy, mommy's outside. You can go back to sleep. And he goes, mama. 
And he just wanted me to open that door and go in, right? And so he was like, mama. And I'm like, no, 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 Caleb, you can actually just put your head down and close your eyes and go back to sleep. So I'm trying to like coach him how to go back to sleep without actually going in. And, um, and he, he continues like, mama, mama. And then all of a sudden he goes, mama, potty. And I was like, potty? I open the door, I run in, I grab him from the bed and I bring him to the potty right away. And he just laughs. He's just like smiling at me, right? Thank God, I mean, he went to the potty. But after that day, he learned that the magic word to getting mommy to come in, no matter what, is to say the word potty. And so from that day on, if he yells mama and mama doesn't show up after one or two calls, he'll say, mama, potty. And that's why we actually go to the potty about three, four times every single night nowadays to the point where, you know, I would put him back in after he goes to the potty and I say, okay, good night, Caleb. I'll see you in the morning. I go outside. One minute later, he goes, mama, potty. And I'm like, no, Caleb, I'm pretty sure you don't need to go to the potty again. He's like, mama, potty, potty, mama, potty. And then I go back in. And why am I sharing this with you today? It's because, you know what? It's been a nightmare not being able to sleep. But is there something I can be thankful for? Absolutely. It's the fact that Caleb is fully potty trained, right? And so even in the worst situation, there is something that you can give thanks for. Tell the person next to you, if you're in a chat room, then say, there is always something to be thankful for. You see, I used to think that life is a series of hills and valleys, mountaintops and low, low times. Until, um, and, and that, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have good times, and then after the good times, you have bad times, and then after the bad times, you have some good times and then bad times. But as, as I've gotten older, I think the thing I've realized is that that's actually not true. You see, I think the fact is that good things and bad things happen together at the same time in life. You know, uh, one of the things that I picked up over sort of this COVID season is I decided to learn to ski. I had two really amazing coaches. And, uh, and, and the thing is about skis, this is what I learned about skiing, is that with, there are two skis in a pair. One ski is for all the good things in life. The other ski is for all the bad things in life. And they always go at the same time. In other words, there's no time in your life when everything is good and nothing bad in your life. There's always going to be something that you can work on, even when things are going really well. In the same way, there's no time when everything is bad and nothing good in your life. Because no matter how good things are going on, there's always something that could be better, right? And no matter how bad things are going on, there's always going to be something that you can be thankful for. And so I can always find something in all situations. And that's exactly what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 talks about. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, the verse says, in all circumstances. It doesn't say in some circumstances. It doesn't say in the good circumstances. It doesn't say any of that, but it says in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you know, sometimes when we pray, we're asking God, God, like, what is your will for my life? What is your will? Like, what do you want me to do in this situation? Can I tell you something? The answer is exactly here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, because it tells us that we just need to give thanks in all circumstances. Before God can reveal his plan and his destiny for your life, we need to learn to give thanks in every situation. What is one thing that you can give thanks for today? Four, the last point, and we're going to close today. R-E-S-T. T stands for think about good things. You've stopped worrying, you've elevated prayer, you've spoken thanks. The next thing you need to do is to think about good things. And here's the thing about stress. If you want stress to go away, then you are actually going to have to change the way that you think because your external circumstances will not likely change. The only thing left to change is actually your mind and the way you think about it and your, and your thoughts. And what you fill your mind with is actually going to determine the level of stress that you go through. So if you want peace of mind, then you're going to need to have to control what you allow in your mind. See, for many of us, our mind is like a freeway. It's that every single possible thing can possibly go through. You can fill it with poison, negativity. You can fill it with gossip. You can fill it with horror movies and all kinds of things that cause you to be very, very stressed. Philippians 4.8, but this is what it says. It says, 
Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So here is the key. If you want to lower your stress, then you need to start controlling what goes on in your mind, what goes into your mind, and you need to start practicing Philippians 4.8 and start thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And guess what? That is actually a picture of God, right? What is this verse really saying? It's saying think about God. See, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. In other words, when you think about God, when you fix your thoughts on him and trust in him, the Bible says that you will keep in perfect peace, that your heart will be at complete rest when you do this, when you do such thing. And the best thing that you can possibly do during the day to fix your thoughts on God is actually to fix your eyes on God's word. It's to think about God's word. Because what you're going to be thinking about and what goes on your mind is going to determine how much stress you go through. And if you fix your thoughts on Jesus, then you will have complete peace. Now, I know this is completely easier said than done. In fact, I shared with you earlier about how it's been very, very tiring two and a half months for me to the point where I, I actually sometimes have trouble keeping awake. You know, I, I would fall asleep at random times in random places. In fact, there was one day just last week I was preparing the sermon and I'm on the couch um, and I've got my laptop in my, in, you know, in, in my laps and, um, and I've got my mouth open and my eyes closed because I fell asleep. So Pastor JB walks by and goes, wow, Pastor Shar, it's really great to see how you're practicing and what you're preaching, which is rest. And I'm like, thank you, Pastor JB. But that's the thing. It's that it's been very difficult for me to stay awake. And it applies to, you know, when I read or when I read the Bible. And, um, and so what happened uh, is that I had to get quite creative because um, I know that the more tired I am, the crazier my thoughts become and the more stress I feel. And so I had to get a little bit creative. And so that's when I decided, you know what, if I can't read because my eyes are quite tired, then I will listen to an audio Bible, right? Listening to an audio Bible is a great way to get God's word in your head. Another habit that I've actually picked up is that uh, I, you know, I actually now subscribe to audiobooks. And there's one particular audiobook that has been on repeat in my car. And it's this, uh, it's this book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. And so, um, you know, because one of the things that I think has, has been a little bit worrying for me is sending Caleb to school um, three weeks ago when he started and thinking, like, is he going to adjust well to the classroom environment? Is he going to like his friends? Is he like does he, is he going to remember to go to the potty? And I just had a lot of different thoughts after I drop him off at school. And so one of the things I do is I started listening to this audiobook. And in this audiobook, they have verses that I can actually pray, um, use, like use to pray for my children. I can replace the pronouns with the names of my son. And so I just started following the audiobook and I would just put it on repeat when I'm sitting in the car. And I find that the more I pray and the more I fix my eyes on Jesus rather than my problems, the more peace I feel in my heart. And, um, you know, another, another thing that I've actually incorporated in, into my routine is something just called transcribing the Bible. Because sometimes what I find is that I am so worried and stressed to the point where even when I'm praying, like I cannot, I cannot really focus on God. It's like I'm still focused on my problem. And so one of the ways that I force myself to focus on God is I actually take a piece of scripture and um, a passage of the Bible. I put it on my desk and I just type it. I mean, nowadays you can write it, but I type it. And I just type it word for word into my journal. And I find that when I start typing, and at the beginning it might just feel like a mechanical exercise, but the more I type, the more I start owning the words. And I start owning the promises that are told to me in the Bible. And the more I just start using um, God's promise to proclaim victory over my problem. And so that's what I do. That's what I do nowadays, is that even when I'm really tired, I have to find a creative way to somehow fix my my eyes on God and to think about him and to think about good things in order to keep myself from stressing out. And when I do that, I feel more re-energized. I feel less stressed. I feel more aligned with God on some of the issues that I'm thinking about. 
And, uh, and that's for me. How about you? You know, for you, maybe you're going through a really stressful time in your life right now. And maybe, you know, you're having some trouble reading the Bible and getting anything out of the Bible. Or maybe you're having a tough time focusing on prayer. Can I encourage you to do something? Maybe for you, it's taking out just 10 minutes every single morning to read God's word. Or maybe for you, if you find that that's, you know, you, you can't really understand what that's talking about, subscribe to Pastor JB's Game Time Sharing because it's excellent. It's short, it's brief. And every single day, you just get a dose of God's word that fills your heart. Or maybe for you, you know, it's um, listening to a Bible or listening to a sermon um, on your way to school or on your way to work, make you, making use of that little time that you have when you are awake. Or maybe it's about, um, you know, like signing up for TDS, whatever it is, whatever it is that you do, make sure that you make room for God to think about the, the good things in life. Because the Bible says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And when you set your mind on Jesus, you will experience less stress and more peace in your life. The fact is God never, God never intended for us to live a stressful life. He didn't create us that way and he just never intended for us to do that. He always meant for you and me to live a life that depends on him, a life that trusts in him. And I know that today, maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, these four tips, they're much easier said than done. Then can I share a verse with you? It's also from Philippians four and it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, if you want rest from your stress, then you can refuse to worry, not on your own strength, but through Christ who strengthens you. You can, you can choose to elevate to prayer through Christ who strengthens you. You can choose to speak thanks in every circumstance, good or bad circumstance, through Christ who strengthens you. And you can think about good things and fix your thoughts on Jesus through Christ who strengthens you. Because you don't have to do it alone and you have a heavenly father who strengthens you and enables you to do all things and have rest from your stress. And it's with that in mind that we're going to respond to God in prayer. There are two things that which we're going to be praying about today. You know, the first thing we're going to be praying about, maybe today is the first time that you've actually heard about God, how God can give you rest and uh, how you want to have more peace in your life. And uh, maybe for you, you know, it's something where you actually didn't know that God could give you more peace. And, um, and if that's you, then can I tell you something? See, if you want to have peace from God, then you need to have peace with God first. If you want to have peace from God, then you need to first have peace with God. Isaiah 59, two, it says, but the trouble is that your sins have cut you off from God. Because of sin, he has turned his face away from you and will not listen anymore. Here's the thing, in order to have peace with God, send, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and for me so that our sins can be forgiven and so that, our, so that we can be reconciled to God. And not only did Jesus die, but he rose again after three days to prove that he really is who he says he is, the son of God. And if you would open up your heart and receive Jesus into your heart today as your Lord and your savior, then the Bible says that you are forgiven of your sins and that you become a child of God and that you have a relationship with God, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. And if you want to receive that peace from God, if you want to receive that forgiveness, if you want to receive that hope and the purpose that comes from having a relationship with God, then you need to first have peace with God. And, and, and I invite you to say this prayer with me. See, this prayer you can actually find by clicking on the link that's on the screen, or you can scan the QR code. And I'm gonna invite all of us to actually pray this prayer together in support of those who are praying it the first time. So let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. You died on the cross to pay for my sins and rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray, 
amen, amen. Congratulations. If today was your first time praying that prayer, then congratulations. The Bible says that you are a child of God and that you have peace with God. And there's a second group of people that I wanna be praying for. See, the second group of people that I wanna be praying for are people who might be feeling overwhelmed with stress in life. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your work, maybe it's your finances, your career, your marriage, your kids, and you just want to have more of the peace of God in your life, then can I invite you to say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, thank you that you carry all my stress and that there is really no need for me to worry. Worry is unnecessary, is unhelpful, is unhealthy, it's unnatural. And so today I lift up my problems and all of my stresses to you and I choose to rest in you. Your word says that if I do the following things, that you will fill me with a peace that surpasses all understanding, that will quiet my thoughts and put my heart at rest. And so I take you up on your word. Today, I refuse to worry about my problems. I will elevate my problems to prayer and I will speak thanks in all circumstances and I will think about good things and fix my thoughts on you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give our God a big hand in this place. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm going to hand the time over now to our worship team and get ready for a time of communion. Glorify, glorify the name of all names. 
Let's play together right now. Praise God. What an amazing time we've been having in God's presence today. And as we continue on with our worship, as we get ready to close our time together, we're going to do something very special, which we call communion. Pastor Shar earlier said something really insightful. She said that life is like two skis, a pair of skis, where, you know, it's like you've always got two things going on. There's always going to be good things. There's always going to be bad things. Uh, the question is, which one are you going to focus on? And today we get to focus on the greatest thing of all, which is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven and be brought back to God. And you're not supposed to cross your skis. I don't, I'm not a skier myself, but I know that you're not supposed to cross your skis. But for some reason, because God loved us, he crossed over to where we are. And Jesus, he died on the cross so that when we had no other way of reaching God, God reached for us by sacrificing his own son. And we get to celebrate his love and remember his sacrifice right now together as we do communion. And so if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, even just now, if you, you know, prayed a prayer with Pastor Shar to receive Jesus Christ into your life, then you can take communion with us right now. And what I encourage you to do is to grab this piece of bread that you may have already prepared. And I want you to grab it just to take, take a piece of it and we're going to dip it into the cup. The bread represents the body that Jesus broke on the cross for us. The cup represents the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us. We're just, take, we're just going to take this together, knowing that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup. He said, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of people's sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. And so let's take this bread, let's take this cup, in thankful remembrance of all that Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's do that together right now. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that in every circumstance, there are things to be thankful for. And the most important thing we could ever thank you for was how Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We can never repay you for that. We can never thank you enough for it, but we're going to take it, receive it, enjoy it, celebrate it, because, because through Jesus, we have a relationship with you. Because of Jesus, not only did he die on the cross for our sins, but he rose again from the grave. We have hope for tomorrow. We have hope for eternity, and the best is yet to come. And so we thank you today, and we thank you that because of of Jesus, we can have a heart that is at rest, regardless of what else is going on, whatever problems, circumstances that we don't want are going on. Thank you, Jesus, that your hope is greater, your love is greater, your plan is bigger, and you're writing a greater story with our lives than anything we could write ourselves. And so we give you praise on this day. And so with all that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your hope, your peace, your joy, strength, wisdom, healing, comfort and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. You guys are an amazing church. And it's been so good to have this time with you. Don't forget to sign up for Thrive Disciple School. It's happening after our 1130 service. We can't wait to see you there. Get ready to grow in your relationship with God. And we'll see you there. There's a link in your chat room for that. If you receive Jesus Christ today, we've got a special gift to give to you. There's a link uh, in the chat room as well. Uh, or underneath the prayer that you prayed, check out that gift that we have to give to you. And praise God, next week, it's Valentine's Day. 
It's family day weekend and you don't want to miss our relationship Q&A. You're going to have some special guests joining us for that as well. And so we can't wait to see you here. Can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. God loves you. We love you. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody. Love you guys. Thank you, Pastor Charlene, for today's message. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements. If it's your first time here, you're VIP, so please set up on my texting you at 604-285-5770 or visit info and we'll mail you your very own thriving Steel water bottle. If you pray the prayer to receive Jesus Christ into life today, congratulations, we have a gift package to send specifically to you, as well as a series of videos that may answer some questions they have about Jesus. To check belief at 604-285-5770 or visit info. and if you'd like to get baptized, visit myfartainfo slash baptism. Thrive Discipleship School is starting today, February the 7th. TDS is an online course to help you with a strong foundation and growing your relationship with Jesus. So if you're already signed up for TDS or still considering to sign up, join us for orientation today at 12.45 p.m. The Zoom link is available on info by pressing the TDS link. Valentine's Day and Family Day long weekend is next week, so we are going to be doing a Q&A on all things relationship. So if you have any questions about dating, marriage, or parenting, you can submit your questions on info or by texting us anonymously at 604-285-5770. So that's it for this week. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings, and we'll see you all here next week at Thrive Church Online. Bye!